Hello there, and welcome to the next episode of the Technology Leadership Podcast with me, Jake Whitby. And today I'm joined by Rashid, an engineering manager at a successful Series C company in Germany called Forto. Welcome, Rashid. Welcome. Thank you, Jake. Well then, um, Rashid, it's great to have you have you on today. I'm really keen to talk about some Thank of the topics you. that we've, uh, we're going to discuss around leadership, remote hiring, and, and motivating staff remotely. Um, but please, kind of, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, first, thank you for having me. Um, uh, I'm really glad and happy talking to you today. Um, as I said, my name is Rashid um, Al Shobati. I'm originally from Jordan. Um, I started as a software engineer in Jordan, and four years ago, I, I moved uh, to Germany, starting a new adventure. And since then, um, I'm working in the industry of um, yeah, tech industry. Uh, recently, last year, I started with Forto. I started as a um, team lead, engineering team lead, and uh, currently, I'm, uh, I'm working as engineering manager of one of the teams there. Great, great, interesting times then. And I'd kind of initially like to start by asking the question, you know, when you were um, last looking, so 18 months ago when you, when you joined Forto and you were looking in the market, sure you were interviewing at several places, um, I'm sure, you know, I'm keen to hear and also the listeners kind of keen to hear as well, why did you end up, you know, joining Forto on, the, on this kind of next, next phase of growth of theirs? It's actually, it's, it's interesting story because when I started like uh, looking, right, I wasn't back then like really actively looking, but I was attracted by their social media. It's, it's always what like the easy access to any company now is their publicity on social media. But that was just, um, let's say, the attraction starter. Once I start the interview with them and then I start meeting more people and talking to more people, I saw that this positive energy and like a really great culture that you saw in social media was reflecting on reality. So it was really authentic. And then um, working with uh, with Forto for almost yeah year and a half now, I can be sure that this culture is really um, one of the unique culture, the different culture I, I've been working with. So uh, that was really one of the best decisions. And now, yeah, I, I develop on that as one of the companies who's trying to change the world of logistics. So being part of that is really exciting to me and motivating. Great. So I think it's one of them when, you, when you're interviewing, you, you have to make sure you kind of, you know, given the next two, three, four years of your life to a company. So you nearly really need to make sure that you align with, with your kind of ethics and values, especially because, you know, the, the hard work that you're going to put in yourself. Um, so it's great yeah. that you, you know, found a company with the positive energy, you know, great culture, um, an authentic, kind of authentic company that, that's kind of helping change a, a certain industry. So that's great. So you've been at four to 18 months. You, you joined as a, an engineering lead and now you're an engineering manager, which is, you know, testament to, to your great work. What has been the, the challenges you, you faced in, in these initial 18 months in your position? Um, it was really challenging, especially we started 2020 with uh, this global pandemic. So it was really brand new problems and challenges. Most of I would say all my life I was working in a, like an actual office company, though I didn't have this remote setup or remote company where I worked before. So the whole remote setup was a new from one day to another. Um, let's say everyone in the team, you need to switch to home office. 
-hmm. And in my team, one of the challenges I personally faced is coming from a software engineer background. You're dealing with computer like zeros and ones all the time. That's your relationship. And then you start dealing with people and feelings and emotions, and especially now in this kind of pandemic, um, it's, it's it's like escalated um, really fast because now you need, um, I had a team with super international team, young team who's left their countries in a young age and coming to Germany and they need the support. They need someone to take care of them. And as a leader, I was in that position that um, I need to make sure that my team, mental health, this mental health, it's one of the actually the good things about the pandemic, people now start talking more about mental health and try to take care of each other. This is, was one of the big challenges I tried to overcome with my team, trying to create the environment that has the empathy and the caring where we care about each other and try to at least um, support this new um, new team members who flew all the way from different countries and they are now locked down in Germany with a total different culture, total different, um, let's say, people. You know, there is no friends, there is no family there, and even hard for them to travel. So that was really big challenge. And I had to start thinking more like a psychology and like a super new topics for me that I had to overcome and learn about. So that's, I would say, my biggest 2020 challenge uh, I had to work with. No, that's interesting. That's interesting you say that. And I think... It's, it's almost over the past few years, and especially with the global pandemic, that companies need to do more in terms of looking after employees' mental health and well-being. You know, kind of five, ten years ago, didn't really care. Um, I didn't think anyway um, from, you know, being in the industry and if it's kind of like yeah. it or lump it attitude. Whereas now, I think because of maybe social media and, and the younger generation where if, you know, if you're a company and you aren't looking after your staff and, and motivating and showing that empathy and, and really going above and beyond the kind of, you know, nine to five hours of someone working there, you have to make sure that you are looking after the well-being kind of 24 seven and really take a, take an active interest in people's lives and, and what's happening, you know, in the family life or, or, and things like that. And if you're not doing that, there's, there's plenty of companies out there now that, that are doing that. Um, so interesting. And what, so you mentioned your their psychology. Could you maybe go into a few things of, of you know, how did you, I guess, increase these skills? Um, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think, as you said, like, this all new because back then, you you in the office, you meet the team members, you ask them how was your day, maybe they can share some you can you can see in their face if they have like a bad day or a good day. You could kind of observe that. You could also work on that, try to overcome it and maybe help them. Okay, take maybe the half of the day off, just go home and we can maybe see you on Monday. But now this is kind of um not visible. You don't have visibility on what's going on with their life because what you see is this um person in front of you behind Zoom. Even like us now we have a background so you don't see actually what's happening with them. Um and that's that's also um hard to observe now. You don't have a direct access. You have these meeting slots from time to time. And what what one thing actually um is as I said like just the caring question. Just just a simple question as like, hey, how are you doing today? How are you doing this week? Um, this question with the simplicity give the indication of someone is caring about me. And this is something that, okay, maybe we'll get them more connected to the team, connected to them uh, to that, and try to kind of re-motivate them. Okay, we are on this together. 
you're not alone. I'm also um, showing vor uh, vulnerability also very important to show that, okay, I'm not like a lead and I'm having like a perfect life. I'm also struggling with the pandemic, same as everyone else. And this is also um, giving the feeling that, okay, we are in this together. Let's fight this pandemic and try to create this um, more caring um, uh, environment between each other. Yeah, interesting. It's, we're all people, aren't we? We all, we all have things going on in our life. And I think, I think like you said, you know, the, the good managers understand that and the good leaders you know, show that empathy and, and kind of, I'm not afraid, you know, not afraid to kind of show the team as well. If they're having a bad day, that's okay. You know, everyone has the good and bad days. Interesting. Interesting. So, so you, like, like we said, it's been 18 months. Biggest challenge for you is, is obviously the global pandemic, how you've been you know, managing the team and motivating the team. What, what has changed in terms of your, your team and your team structure? Can you, can you kind of take us through, you know, how many is in your team at the moment and, and kind of the, the forward trajectory of kind of what's going to be happening in 2021 for you and the team and how it's also changed from when you first joined? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I joined, I joined with a small um, team. As as I mentioned, I was like a team lead with a small team. We were like um six in total. Um, this number double sized um in Q4 last last year. As you know, like fast growing companies, there is always um in that fast growing there's teams restructuring coming from time to time to adapt to the new changes, the new goals, the new targets. And with actually the um, the success of the product um, that I'm working with, with my team and um, kind of the growth of that product uh, led that we need to double the size. So that that double size of the team also, also add the new responsibility because also they came in the pandemic era. We're still in a pandemic era. So meaning, okay, you need to double size the team in almost like one quarter and you need to hire, you need to find these talents and you need to hire them in a remote way onboard them in a remote way, get them to become like a part of your team in a remote way. So all these new challenges um, that we had to overcome. And then uh, the structure we end up with today, we have almost a team of uh, 12, 13 engineers from, I think, 10, nine different uh, nationalities, which is also shows has this diverse international team um, that, um, that kind of structured progressively because we didn't start with okay, let's stop, let's restructure, let's go. Um, more like, okay, let's add more team members, try to restructure on the go, and then try to build these smaller teams that together has the same vision, which is the global team that we're working together on, or the product that we're working on together. Great, interesting. So starting off with six, kind of doubled that during a pandemic as well. Um, and, and just make sure I'm, I'm kind of understood what you said, and, and our listeners that are listening. Mm -hmm. I've got smaller teams in, in the kind of wider cohesive team um, that works well for you. So, so you've got multiple teams now. So is there a difference or do you think there's a difference in terms of managing multiple teams com compared to one and how, how that has affected your role as, a, as an engineering leader and engineering manager? Um, definitely, it's it's changed. Um, especially, like as someone new to leadership, like I started also not a very long time ago. I started to work on myself to kind of grow this leadership skills in myself, and kind of like hit with a pandemic in front of um, like my growth. So that was also um, a new 
a new thing to look after. Um, a smaller team is more direct interaction, more direct feedback. You're just on the ground, like feel like you're in the front row, you're next to the team. What's going on today? Let's fix it. Let's work on it together. So this is like a more in the, on the ground um, action and more direct managing on task and execution. But when you um, when the team is growing, and as I said, like it was like a progressive way, I step by step start seeing myself taking a step back to have a more wider angle where I can see, okay, what's going on with each team rather than being in the front row of one of the teams and just ignoring the rest. So that's, that also uh, required the new skills and required to steer like forward looking, some kind of like a planning and like a looking to um, more coaching approach, try to empower the team, empower them and give them more um, uh, autonomy so they can like uh, work themselves and um, try to reduce any or like let's say less micromanaging. Um, that, that concept also try to, um, to push more into, okay, this is your goal guys. I trust you to do the best out of it and let's go execute together. Along the way, I will be, I will be sitting next to you and try to kind of empower you and like coach you and, and help you if needed. And that's also change, let's say my perspective on leadership because before leadership was in the ground, technical, even like jumping, day-to-day -day, how to solve these issues and now more like a strategic try to align make sure each team is kind of aligned with the other teams not every team is running in a different direction and just keeping this alignment and syncing between these teams um, so definitely a big change a new change that's um so it's interesting interesting so kind of just just a bit, a bit to summarize then um in, in kind of for people that are you know in their career also you know going to be managing bigger teams, larger teams, and multiple teams in one is, is kind of, you know, planning, forward-looking, being able to take a step back from almost kind of being in the trenches and having a, a holistic view. Um, and, and the biggest thing is, is kind of coaching it and empowering, you know, taking, giving them all, all the kind of freedom for, for people to do their jobs, not micromanaging kind of being on the case 24-7 um, and, and aligning between the teams. Um, and something, you know, I've, I've, you know, leadership is something I've been looking into recently as we, as we grow the business here at TechSource. Yeah, and it's almost uh, just to work on kind of deliverables. As a, so something I've been looking into is setting goals and just working towards them goals and then just giving the people in the team the autonomy to achieve those goals and, and kind of achieve those set deliverables. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think even um, it, it's, it's even a step further because you're not looking to set goals for teams. You even start to think how to set goals for individuals, and each individual had different goals, um, personal goals that maybe even not related to the company goal. And how can you support them? Because um, one one of one of the really important learning I learned actually in the, during my my experience with Forto is. The success of the people is a success of the business, which is success of the company. So this is kind of mentality we have. And also, I believe in it like 100% that whenever people are success, you're going to find um, you're going to develop this successful company if everyone is successful there. So that's mentality also change that you're not setting goals only for teams. You're setting goals for individuals, try to help them on individual um, uh, path as well. That's that's. that's um links in, into back what, what we were discussing before, kind of, you know, we have to take, or companies have to take more, more, not the right word, but kind of more of a, um, it's eluding me the word, but has to take more of a, 
don't think of the right word, but like more of an impact yeah. on people's lives, um, yes. their daily lives, not not just in work, but also outside of work, and, and kind of aligning those those personal and professional goals. Because, like you said, you yeah, know, I agree. one sorry. No, sorry, see, I said, yeah, correct. Yeah. Because, um, like you said, I like what you said there, kind of successful people will lead to the success of the company. Um, so that's great then. In, I like what we discussed there. So you have, like you said, going back to what you said before in terms of you've grown the team remotely during a pandemic. How... How have you, as a as a, a, a you know an engineering leader, a, a kind of who's recruiting and managing? How did you adapt your recruitment strategy from what you know what it was at the start of 2020 to where it is now in terms of you know re- remote hiring? Um, definitely, there was a changes of strategic, um, like a lot of strategic changes happen on the on the hiring itself, hiring process. Um, Maybe I, I want to start also like my my personal belief in in, in hiring is um, we as human beings since the beginnings we started with we learned how to start a fire like back in the days we learned how to start a fire and then we learned how to put man on a moon so these learnings um, with different times we as a human adapted to these changes and tried to create a solution and solution we create fire we send man to the moon so I believe skills is something you can. You can gain, you can learn, you can get these skills. What's really important is the passion and the motivation to learn and to just join this stranger people, stranger team that you never met and try to kind of have the same vision and just join this team of maybe 10 or two people or 20 or a whole company and try to kind of run the same speed as they run and just to create something to change the world, to succeed together. So... I found this is very important in hiring. So that's why I'm focusing on it. And, and unfortunately, this step-by-step, step, when you start like remoting, you kind of lose that because you don't, you are not in the same room. You don't see the passion. You don't see that also the facial, the, the facial um, um, kind of, just you see the face, sorry, um, in this interview, but you don't see um, the whole person. You don't even act with them. You don't, it's not, it's not as before, just come to the office and let's have, let's check the attitude of the new hire. So this kind of, we lost it with this virtual setup. And trying to adapt that by creating um, by creating a process that at least can help you to find these um, these uh, these competencies, the passion, the motivation. It's not only about the skills. So um, we we had to make some some decisions. We kind of switch um, switch our hiring process to more like remote. We try to create like a more friendly remote environment in our hiring. We kind of also one of the good things actually about um, about uh, like the pandemic that you can hire from all over the world. So this also opened some some new markets and new locations that you can start looking at. Um, time zone was really big challenge now because you also could hire people from New Zealand and they literally have, actually I had an interview with someone from New Zealand and I had to be at 7 a.m. to have the interview because of time difference. So these kind of challenges you kind of knew, but you create the process the environment in the interview that supports that and um, kind of move forward with that. So this is my experience with the kind of strategic uh, hiring within. Yes, speaking with speaking with people whilst we've been doing this podcast, it's interesting. It's interesting to find that kind of aligning people. You need to have you know successful people, a successful company. The main thing is aligning kind of vision and passion for people to, to what you're working on 
Um, because like you said there, you know, skills can be cultivated, they can be grown, they can be taught. But if you, you know, if you if you're not, if you don't if you can't find the people that are willing to kind of roll the sleeves up and then it's it's difficult. So you said you mentioned there you had to kind of change the way, change the, the process to more of a kind of remote friendly hiring. Can you can you take us through your actual process now from um initial interview yesterday to kind of on almost onboarding somebody? Yeah. Um so there is so many, let's say, um levels for changes one of the levels is the tools because back then you have a whiteboard the candidate for example come and start draw things you need to find tools to replicate that um you need to find maybe online whiteboards or some um some tools that you could benefit from to kind of replicate this process um you had this um, behavioral attitude um kind of check in when, when you are in the interview try to kind of find um if the candidate has any red flags or if there's something let's say not positive on, on the hire um, now you try to create this environment, friendly environment, by starting with maybe some, um, maybe personal question, just some some um, icebreaker question, just to try to kind of create these vibes um, that it's not, especially if the interview like one person against two or three members or something like mm-hmm. that, because then you have one person is talking and like a three, four people just listening. It sounds like uh, you are on the spot. So this is kind of not not comforting for them, for the hire and for the new candidate. And they could also get kind of overwhelmed and stressed. And maybe if they are really smart and they are really good, but they they could like miss up the whole interview because they are not really comfortable and kind of create this comfortable environment. And maybe I want to point out one really important here, especially when you um, when you talk about diversity. And for example, when you hire a female um, uh, engineers or um, you hire someone from different um, ethnicity, or you need to always make sure that maybe you have um, in the interview, a female engineer as well, not um, not having this um, kind of position where um, you have a female engineer to do, uh, interviewing by other four or five male engineers or, or, or manager. This kind of give also uncomfortable place um, for answering the question. So having this um, in mind and trying to kind of create a successful um, interview environment that like promote these kind of things. Okay. We give you the space, please show us what you have, show us this uh, skills you have, um, rather than um, like making it more like a strict and hard to, um, especially this remote setup. Virtual setup is really hard to create this um, um, this good energy or good, let's say, place for interviews. So this is this was really challenging how we how we try to move forward. So as a company, you kind of just picking up a few things that you have to kind of show you know, the, the kind of diversity inclusion the company offers throughout the interview. Definitely. Um, that, that's definitely key. So, yeah, making people feel comfortable to, so you can get the best out of them. You know, the amount of times as a recruiter, I've had uh, a great engineer interview with someone, you speak to them and it went miserably because they didn't, they weren't comfortable, they were nervous, they were asked a question which they, they know now, but they didn't, it wasn't in the head 30 minutes ago in the interview. And, you know, I've probably had that kind of yeah. every week over the past six years. So what, what are you doing as a company and as a business then? Because I really want to drill down into actually the, the process so people listening in can, mm. can maybe replicate this and offer this as well. So from yeah. what, what, is your, what is your interview process then for hiring an engineer um, right now? Yeah, so 
so we start with like more like a, a screening process where we like just um have a um, kind of um idea about the candidate kind of what they want if they if they kind of um interested also we try to kind of yeah the word sell the company and okay what we're doing or what what's the company is doing mm -hmm. kind of the purpose of the company um the values that we have also if it's matching and then we could move to the second um level where we dive deep in the technical uh, um, interviews but um, as we as we said we start the technical interview more like a friendly kind of openness um um uh icebreaker uh, mm -hmm. kind of um, a place where we'll try to also make sure that the candidate is comfortable and we try to uh, always mention in the interview that it's not we interviewing you only is also we together try to chit chat this is we try i start also always we chit chatting here just to make it more okay don't be scared we're not we're not gonna like um eat each other we're just talking here so um also try try to avoid any um overwhelming or stress feeling once this is started we have a lot of um use cases some tests maybe some um some technical um maybe exercises we do together as well that's that's very important we don't okay just try to solve this problem let's solve it together so this is where we try also focusing on um a lot mm -hmm. of pairing with other engineers and kind of create this okay you're meeting the team already in the interview so when you come you're not kind of a new to the team you already met them in the interview and you can meet more people uh, along the way until you uh, finish your interview process Great, awesome. And then after that is, if, if it kind of passes the, past the technical test, you just move to kind of hiring, uh, kind of offer stage, or is it another stage after that? Then, then yeah, then, then take it more like more like um, administrative um, work and talk is like more HR related topics and like um, yeah. um, salaries and all the other uh, other aspects. Um, relocation, for example, if you're talking about someone maybe outside and want to come to Germany uh, yeah. or, or or something else. No, that, that's great. I think what, what you've taken through there is, is a great example as well of, of save, saving time for people like yourself. So kind of from a recruitment point of view, my, my kind of goal within TechSource is to find you the best people and you not have to interview irrelevant people that aren't, aren't going to kind of join the business because you, you can know pretty quickly if someone's going to be a good fit. And the biggest thing is, is we kind of, what I spend time on with the companies that I'm working with is making sure that this, this person's personality and, and goals and ethics align with what this company's building. Because if they're not, you could maybe go through the process and they could maybe get an offer if they're really technically good, but they might, then they might not be there six, 12 months. And we, we don't want that. And, and my goal is to make sure we're, we're building a team that with people that are going to be around for two, three years. So that first, the first stage of just almost, almost kind of introduction to the company, what we're looking for, but more to find out about you. I think that is key in the interview process. It could be, it could be 30 minutes with either kind of a people and all person, a recruiter like myself, just to make sure that we're all aligning. And then, yeah, the, the second stage, technical, I think it's, it's key for people not to just jump straight into the, the, the kind of paired programming exercise and you not even offer any help. You kind of almost need to treat it as, you know, a bit of a conversation, get to know, get to know the, the person's skills and the project. But when you go into the technical test, the interviewee has to kind of almost help and, and guide them like they would in the job and, and not be, not kind of, 
and the candidate has to ask as many questions as he can because that's when you get to really see the ability of someone and it also puts them at ease and I think if you can as an interviewee put the person that you're interviewing at ease that's when you're going to get the best out of them and really delve in, into kind of what what kind of technical ability they have to offer so that's great yeah, agreed that's great so you've we've gone through the interview process we've hired someone what is now the process of onboarding remotely for you obviously this has changed um, in the past year can you take us through that yeah, yeah definitely um um, when I joined, it was like an actual onboarding. That that was like a different than than um, twenty twenty. After the changes of the pandemic, I I found um, the onboarding um, process in Fort is very um, very exciting, intense. It's really two weeks of uh, kind of meeting everyone, knowing everything. is is not about even running or as let's say running any line of code if you're talking about engineering it's just more about let's meet let's meet you let's meet the other teams let's meet the other departments so you can even spend some time knowing each department what they're doing sales marketing you don't just stick with with your own department i found it really really interesting because you feel belonging already when you start and with that also we have a very warm welcome um culture that it feels like the first first um, week is more about like welcoming you and it's like a lot of one-on-one -on -one coffees we have a, uh, we call it a newbie lunches which is you have like lunches with everyone that was like the actual um, let's say um, office setup before the pandemic where you every day go for lunch with someone everyone is welcoming you you feel really belonging after one week already um, we lost that with with a, a virtual uh, setup so that was really big um, let's say um, big challenge we had to overcome and starting from um, from March and as any other company I think we took a step to hold like to digest after the pandemic started with many companies stopped hiring because no one knows what's going to happen so we kind of took a step just to digest what's going on um, and we tried to use the Q2, uh, Q3 back then to kind of create or replicate this process in a virtual um, setup so um we introduce a lot of virtual events, virtual kind of welcoming drinks or welcoming coffees or, or lunches or just Friday afternoon to kind of meet together and try to create this belonging, sense of belonging and try to move all the sessions, everything to be kind of virtual, but at the same time, kind of make it interactive with like workshops and kind of um, not only just um, being in a, um, you know, when you have these meetings, you're like, especially when you're introducing something new for like a newbie, you have like maybe 10 or 15 in you, um, not only engineers, like from different departments, and you explain to them about maybe the sales, how they do it. This will be like a really hard uh, session to kind of digest, but make it more interactive, like more uh, more workshop style, where you can uh, get the get the, the the value of knowing what the sales department are doing, but at the same time you're not like in a session in a remote for one hour sitting in front of your machine and just like someone is talking and you're listening. Mm -hmm. So we try to kind of adapt this um, this uh, process as well. We created uh, our checklist um, of onboarding just to make sure we don't miss anything. Because in the, in the office, you have easy access to everyone. You could go to the IT team, you know what, maybe we need access to this tool or do this or do that, but you lose that. So now we use the Q, Q2 and Q3 last year to kind of combine all these steps, all these processes to make sure we don't uh, miss something for the new hire or the new onboarding. Um, as well, it's an iterative process. So. With every day, we kind of adding new things, try to adapt and change. And actually, our checklist, I, I found it really, really 
um, informative and really helpful for any onboarding uh, we have um, joining us. And even the feedback from the onboarding team is like really, really welcoming and does not, and maybe one, one important thing I want to point here that we don't differentiate between a freelancer and full-time engineer or full-time employee or part-time. For us, they all 40s, so they all need to belong. Um, so one really exciting story about we work with um, a freelancer with us and um, when, they, when we invite them to the onboarding session, it was like, why I need to get this onboarding session? I'm a freelancer and I'm just like doing one job and leaving. Um, two weeks after, he's really excited about being in that onboarding sessions because he feels that he's not only freelancer, he's part of the company, even if he's joining for three months and maybe after that, he's not going to work with us after that. So this kind of sense of belonging, even in a remote setup, is very important in the onboarding process. Interesting. So just kind of going over everything over what you said there, which is great insights there. You know, so you had kind of like a two-week process of, of people on, you know, when they joined. And when the, the global pandemic hit, you actually kind of took stock, step back, analyze the situation and kind of put a plan in place of, of how to how to really kind of onboard people remotely. And now you're saying kind of, you know, including inclusion throughout the, the whole process, making sure someone's feeling um, happy with, you know, with the first couple of weeks, but also kind of a this checklist you have, making sure that everybody adheres to kind of every step of the checklist. Do you mind just taking us through kind of some of these, some of these, the things on this checklist that a new company, um, you know, maybe maybe the kind of top, maybe top five things or three to five things you would say, right, to another company that, that's maybe smaller than Forto and growing or, or, you know, someone doing this right now, what would you say the key things to have on this checklist when, when people are, are joining the company to make sure they're feeling ingrained and, and kind of welcomed within a, a new company? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we, ha we have this structure with days. So we have the first week is like, okay, this day about technology, this day about sales, this day about marketers. Kind of structure the days around like a department. So it's a day is my sales day. So I'm just going to go join the sales team or at least attend sales, uh, sales team sessions and know what they're doing and kind of look to um, their their objectives, their their targets, and just try to understand as a salesperson that day. So this kind of structure day by day is also helpful and kind of stretching the onboarding process so you don't need to have everything in the first day and then like eight hours of back-to-back -back sessions no you don't need to do that so also stretching the onboarding on on uh, multiple days that was really important uh, on the checklist also meeting all the other teams for example if someone joining my team there is other four teams that he need or she need to uh, meet or to introduce maybe join their daily or their coffee times um also some some of the resources um uh, documentation some uh some valuable video recording now because we have everything is recorded. This is one of the good things about the pandemics. You have recording for everything. You can like use this resource of kind of historical view on the company that you can put in front of the new hire. Okay, this is what we did last year. This is what we did last quarter. You could see, um, even you can go deep into like a retrospective somehow in like uh, three months ago, you can go back and see what happened in that day. So this is also give more like, okay, historical view, the company was there one year and today they are here. So it's important for the engineer, the new um, team member to kind of see that. Um, more to that also, um, one, inter one interesting also, um, uh, as I said, to have one-on-one -on -one maybe uh, coffee time with random people. This is just, as I said, like to keep this sense of belonging and just um, 
today in, in, in for example in Forto we have almost more than 400 team members so you don't have the chance to meet them all in this virtual setup so you need to um, at least to have a chance to meet some people from time to time at least to connect the faces uh, of, of, of the names so it's also an opportunity for for meeting more people as well in the checklist um, installing a our our tools or let's say getting access to our um, our um, tech stack or our our use tools different tools regarding um, maybe HR tools or even like how you set up your work style um, one one interesting actually um, and I get really good feedback that we had a hello world application set up so the idea there is like whenever you especially an engineering team member joining and now we're talking about virtual setup it's hard to maybe read or understand the code as first first insight so having some kind of introduction or a code tool we, we have code tools as well and the code this is also help even if even if i'm starting alone in my house in maybe spain or whatever country i'm living in today i i still i can I can look to this code tour and understand, oh, this is what this code is doing. And maybe even I could kind of follow this Hello World uh, setup so I can even add or contribute to that. Um, and on that, actually, when, when I found it really, um, really uh, funny, but really important that we have um, Hall of Fame. So we have a Hall of Fame. Whenever a new engineer joining us, they just like write their names that they were here. So as simple as that, like, Rashid was here. It's just a part of like, okay, I'm part of this team. I'm part of this community, this this team um, uh, that we together build this product together. And even like years after, my name is going to stay there. So this also gives some kind of belonging feeling of, of okay, I'm already there. I'm part of this um, this team that we're going to change the world together. That's uh, that's interesting. And also great. Goes goes back to kind of a, what, what we've said a few times now is, really you have to make make sure people feel belonged and, and a part of a team um straight away as well no that's it's great what you said there so just kind of summarizing um what a few things what you've said there is is kind of you know in the first week or two make sure that the people are spending time with each department of the company to really understand you know what what every department and how it functions also to kind of you know use technology that we have available now with with recordings to to go over kind of all the all the key parts of the company you know one to ones with with random you know random people in the business just so they get to know and, and get to meet some friendly faces and then also on the tech side of things uh, to have kind of a code tools to, to give people the the time in the first couple of weeks to kind of understand the code base and what what they're working on. Um, so that's that's great. I appreciate you kind of taking us through that then. So we've talked about kind of recruitment strategy, um, onboarding remotely. How do you think though, over the past year, um, in, in terms of kind of remote teams, how do you how do you manage your remote teams then? And how has that changed? In, in the past kind of, you know, couple of years for, for engineering leaders? And, and what do you think, you know, are, are the kind of top things that you have in, in, in your team of, of ways of managing people remotely and keeping them motivated day in, day out? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest questions um, that started with the whole remote setup. Okay, how I can keep motivating my team? Maybe um, when I have them day to day, I could also observe, I could notice, maybe I can see what's what's happening. I could maybe um, provide the, the correct or the, the, the right motivation for them. Um, now you don't see them. Um, 
less less than before. I think, um, as I said, step one, I think the caring is very important. The empathy, the caring, just showing that, as I mentioned before, just just a question of how are you doing today? This could be like a really big impact on someone's um, someone's day and they have maybe a bad day, but someone asked him about that. This could like a change their day, motivate them even, uh, reactivate that passion that they had. I think that's that's very important to keep it going and have this culture in the team that if someone feeling sick, everyone is asking, hey, how are you doing today? Just to create this kind of um, um, uh, feel of, of family-like. Yeah. Um, second, I think providing the success, like the tools, the necessary tools for them to succeed succeed sorry um to have a successful day maybe they need when we switch to um, a remote one of the questions was okay how how we're going to communicate now how are we going to talk to each other so now creating this process to support them with zoom meetings maybe with slack communication or some some tools here and there the process that make them succeed is very important to motivate them as well i found it very very important is the whole recognizing and rewarding because Maybe in the team, if you are together in the office and maybe someone did something good, you can say like in the front of the team, hey guys, like today X did something really great. Cheers to, to him or to her. But now this is not happening. It's not, you're not in the office. To, to using the Slack messages or like whatever tool you are using just to recognize they did a good job and kind of reward them with maybe a nice word. That's it. It does not need to be like a reward them with like a salaries or something like that. Just with this kind of feeling, it's, it, it give it give kind of sense of motivation. Everyone has different way to be motivated, but I think we all share the same thing. We all love like to be recognized and to be rewarded. So this is part where we as a human try to push to is like, okay, you did a great job, keep doing it that. And small message like this could has a really big impact on someone's day and someone's motivation. They could like, okay, I wanna really make a great stuff with this team. Mm. Now that that's it. Um... That's great. I appreciate you going, going, taking us through that. And I think this all, what you said there, empathy, caring, giving that recognition and rewarding, I think it comes down to as well is people now aren't, aren't spending as much time with the friends, with the family. We're in lockdown. So if they're having a, you know, a bad day mentally, it's, can be difficult to get out of that. So yes, you can go do a bit of exercise and things, but you know, everyone loves a human interaction. And if, if you're, you know, if you can then as an engineering manager, just, just kind of drop in, oh, you know, this person's done some great work today. You know, that's going to kind of change their whole mindset and their whole mood for that whole day for, for the better. And, you know, they're, they're not then going to be just sat, sat maybe at home alone for, for, you know, God knows how long that, that night, just kind of thinking, you know, negative thoughts. Whereas if you can really kind of show that empathy and, you know, make them understand how, how great they are to, you know, and how important to the team, makes it just people feel feel nice about themselves, which everyone likes to do, really. So that's, that's a great... Empathy, caring, recognition and rewarding, you think are the kind of top four things for, for a manager to really kind of keep the staff motivated, which, you know, if you're listening, you need to have all them four things to, to build a successful team. And like we said before, successful people lead to a successful company like what Rashid said before. So now in terms of, we talked about motivating staff, that's great. But a big thing that, that you like as well, which, which I know from talking with you, is kind of coaching and mentoring teams and kind of setting kind of personal and, and kind of business goals. 
So take us through, please, or, or you know, and give us some examples of, of what you do to kind of develop your engineers at Porto and, and your team. Um, that's uh, it's it's very important because um, also we go. I got a lot of like a psychological topics this last year, so I'm kind of also take it from a human behavior that we also um, we like to develop. We like to like as a human beings, we evolve with time. Like we learn things. We 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 had a new skill. Like everyone maybe has a hobby today to try to learn. Especially with the pandemic, people develop new hobbies. So we love to learn things and grow. And um, in Forto, we have this culture, like learning and education is part of our culture. That um, We have so many initiatives supporting that from like a budget for dedicated for that, for learning during the year, to have a mentorship program between different, um, maybe um, different levels of different uh, skill set, to have maybe showcases to maybe introduce something that no one knows about, like some new technology or something to the rest of the, of the, of the company. To have something like um, maybe experiment sprints, we we call them, or hack days, where engineers can just just spend the whole day, or in the case of sprint, sprint the whole week to just develop and innovate and work in different technologies to evolve as uh, certain skills. Um, all these kind of together help each engineer or each individual in in, in for to kind of to build these or have the space to build these uh, skills. My favorite. Um, Actually, one of the things that I introduced in my team, and I love it, is the personal OKR, objective and key results for, for their personal or for career um, growth. Because um, what I like there is you have, um, you have a kind of um, phases in your life. Each one of us has like a phases where, okay, I learned this skill. I got this, um, I, I become a leader or I, I, I become a, um, um, an, an engineering, senior engineer. I become um, as a principal engineer. So all these phases is also bounded to some skills that you learn. When you become from like um, um, just a software engineer to um, a team lead, you start thinking of, of different skills, communication, uh, motivation. This was like a, a new skills you have to learn so you can proceed with your career. Um, and I think that's having these objectives and trying to measure it and create like a, some kind of process to measure your success of this achieving this objective is really, is really important um, and really had a really good feedback or great feedback actually. I, I recall a case, or um, um, one one of my team members when when I started, um, let's say was there for a long time. So kind of the motivation is with time is going slow because uh, going less because if you spend one or two years, you okay maybe you start thinking it's it's a traditional um, actually um, uh, metrics. I forgot I forgot exactly, but I think after two years, um, people tend to leave their companies because it's it's more like okay two years is done. I'm just gonna start a new challenge, and keep them motivated is very important because if you don't challenge them or give them challenge um, to can grow together and find their path, they're going to find a new company because they believe that, okay, the new company maybe provide to me um, the success I'm looking for. So in that case, I um, we provide together the path together. We brainstorm together. What is the path you want to go to? Asking this question, what do you want to do? Forget about the company, the business. What do you want to do? This is, this is a very important question to ask. And once once um once your team member kind of recognize okay this is what I want to do kind of try to help from today and this is where I want to go and how can I bridge that with with my daily work maybe assign them to projects that will help them to kind of grow in that direction and in, in my case um uh, that um, engineer was interested in leadership position so we start 
practicing together some smaller projects, some um, some maybe uh, smaller tasks to kind of try to lead a team and try to motivate them and like work with them, maybe um, manage their tasks and stuff like that. So that was the process we did it. And the result was really, really great because I can look now to um, like to um, to my team member and can see, okay, your motivation got reactivated. You're kind of restarting kind of fresh and and forward to, I'm really excited about being in a leadership position and um kind of the two years thing is kind of reset and start all over from from the start so this is really exciting when you see um and for me that was a exciting story because you see the change of of the of the behavior of the person when they are like and really not motivated okay they're just doing their job but then they are like start pushing things and like becoming in a super motivation um, state and like, okay, let's start pushing and, and, and changing uh, things. So that was really uh, one of my favorite, actually, personal objective and key results for each individual. That's, that's interesting again. So uh, so what you, OKR, what, what does that stand for again exactly? It's obje- objectives and key results. So it's, it's, it's used, we use this term mostly with, with products. So you, you define objective and kind of you measure that with some key result that, okay, this is what, what indicate that I did successful, um, um, I successfully got to my objective by achieving some some kind of key result. Um, and that's that's actually I replicated on a, on, a, on a personal career kind of a framework that you don't look to product, you kind of evolving yourself the same way you're evolving a product. Um, you're right. building more and more, uh, more into your own skill set. No, that's interesting. That. So you're taking kind of a way of, of kind of measuring success of products and converted this into people and, and yeah. kind of you, you sit down with your engineers. So I just want to kind of go through then what you said there. So you sit down with your kind of engineers, mm-hmm. you spend time with them discussing where they want to take their career, what their objectives of their career, and then break them down into guests, kind of key milestones that will then, if you if you hit these key milestones within a year or six months, we, we can say you will definitely be where you want to be. That, that's great yes, that's, and then you can track yeah. that progress as well throughout throughout the year yes and when, when did you start when did you introduce this then when did you start using this um actually that was started yeah q4 2019 actually before the pandemic um yeah it's like before the pandemic after the pandemic no it's not before actually was one of the few, uh, like first thing i introduced in the team and mm-hmm. And still doing until today. Um, it's changed with time because we start with like a dedicated kind of key key result, but then we start building this progressively because sometimes um, one of the really learning I got that we 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 working in a kind of changing environment that one day there is a pandemic that changed the whole game. Yeah, so you need mm-hmm. to kind of adapt to these changes as well with your personal goal because your personal goals also change with time. When you have maybe new um, a new partner or you have a, a new job, this your personal goals also change with time with time so that's having this progressive achievement criteria kind of make it a bit flexible that okay i don't want to stick with that um i can i can develop my skills on the go and maybe i change my objective with time to time so objective key results and a progressive um did you say a progressive object criteria like a progressive key result setting because it's your goals or your achievement criteria is not the same so with time you could change them mm. with the changes that happen in your uh, objective and you align these kind of personally and professionally 
Yes, it's a combination. It's um, so the idea. I always also tend to uh, tell my teams like, forget about the company. Um, um, put the company aside. Put the put the business aside. Just think of yourself first. And once you have your own goals, we have the team goals and we have the company goals. And then my my job with them kind of to match their goals with the company goals with the business goals. As I said, one of the examples. <clears throat> Maybe I could create a space or create even a new team, maybe smaller team for, for, for some of my team members to kind of practice some leadership skills because they want this in their own personal, let's say, growth. But currently they are not in a team in a leader position. I could create that in the team so they can kind of practice internally and kind of move move on to the next next mm-hmm. level. Or could maybe provide them with a with a direction or a tool or even um Maybe some some topic that I'm interested in, I could also be their mentor and maybe push them push them in, t- in that direction, even if it's um, not 100% aligned with the company, uh, let's say goals. As long as it's a personal, it's a career growth, and sometimes maybe not 100% aligned with what the company you're looking for. I like what you said there in terms of kind of almost like baby steps. So with with the kind of breaking breaking the kind of objectives down into little key kind of key results. Yes. If, if it, instead of pushing it or not pushing yourself or moving moving a member of your team into a new a new role quickly that could rock the boat so to speak or, or challenge them maybe a bit too much where where you maybe lose productivity is is to actually just just change things ever so slightly over a period of time to let them build up that, that's that's interesting you said there as well well that, that a really really interesting part of the conversation there Rashid in terms of how you're motivating your staff. Um, and keeping engineers engaged, like you said, you know, having someone two years in engineering, that's that's pretty good in itself because you know we are companies are now competing for talent globally. So if you aren't offering someone a challenge, uh, you know, if you're not motivating them, working on the latest technology, other companies aren't there, will be. And you know, it's something I say kind of every podcast now. And, and what you said, going back to in terms of motivating people, I like what you do. It, with the company in terms of kind of, you know, letting, letting the, the team members kind of innovate with, with different technology um, and new technology. So do you, do you allow your, your team members to kind of go and spend time looking into things and then, and then maybe bring it to the group or, and bring it to the team? Um, yeah. For, for example, the, the mention I, I said about hack days. So we actually, we have um, each, uh, each first Thursday of each month. So this is where the first third of each month, 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 which um, we start uh, a month, yeah, which we um, we kind of we meet at afternoon. Okay, we kind of start the hack day together. Everyone pitching their ideas. Okay, today I'm gonna work in X Y Z, and it's not limited to anything related to the company. You can literally start something maybe machine learning or AI or maybe something not even related to logistics. Um, doesn't matter. As long as you want to maybe try a new tool or practice that, then you pitch the idea that what you want to do. You spend Thursday, Friday, and then Friday um, evening, uh, sorry, afternoon, you kind of show the result or show a demo. Whatever you had, the learnings is what's really important from these hack days is, okay, I learned something new and this is what um, what I learned and just showing the, the learnings more than showing, um, let's say, the demo or the result. And interestingly, many of internal tools kind of came out from this hack day. That's That was one of the um, exciting things because also engineers, they see 
what's the problem and they know how to maybe find they know how to find the solution because we are into technology as software engineers we know technology so they could also propose solutions that no one thought of like none of that business maybe hr or someone thought of these processes and they could provide internal solution or sometimes maybe external solution for the product within these hack day projects that's i was literally just about to ask that question and what you know do you mind going into one or two of these tools that have a kind of increased processes create um, kind of you know efficiency within the team um yeah actually actually i have maybe one example it's, it's a bit technical but um one of one of the challenges we had is uh, when you have like um if you work in a github repository you have like so many people work at the same time you sometimes you need to kind of keep pulling your master you keep pulling the updated code to make sure your code is up to date and what introduces is like um it was a hack day project like an introduction of auto merging action that's one of the Okay, it's a bit technical, yeah, but you introduce I, like I'm auto merge. I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for, for maybe the engineers, the listening. So we, we introduce this auto merge that um simply just take the branch and merge it automatically without even keeping up the, updating that. And this was like a small script in a hack day project. We kind of um use um GitHub uh, GitHub actions, and now today, actually, it's it's one of the most used features in our. Um, daily basis because you don't need to wait for updating your branch and just waiting for all the tests and everything to work. It's just like auto merge, whatever everything is is passed, you can merge it. Um, that was one of the engineering driven initiatives that started as a hack project and now everyone is using it as an engineering team. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the benefits of having a hack day. Some kind of engineering leaders maybe kind of that are running teams might not want that to for their team to just kind of stop for a day or two because they need to keep productivity at high, especially you know, if they've got new releases or, or, or kind of things like that going on. What would you would you say overall that the, the kind of one one or two days a month less kind of work on, on the code base and features has actually improved the overall efficiency and outcome of the team over a prolonged period of time? Um, 100%. Um, I think it's it's not only on a let's say on a monthly basis, on a daily basis. Um, you cannot you cannot spend like eight hours in front of your computer and just working. You cannot do that. Um, you need to have this switch context time when you maybe um, on a daily basis just maybe go for a walk outside and come back. Um, yeah. And the same thing when you're working on a monthly basis, the same code base, the same um, features. You try kind of maybe. Um, your comfort zone and leaving your comfort zone is very important. That's why we see uh, many of the companies, their engineers like, okay, that's the comfort zone. That's what we're working on. We don't want to leave that comfort zone and kind of um, keeping them challenging themselves every day, every week, every month. That's very important for, for making a successful and a good engineers. They can keep challenging themselves so they can, um, they can move to the next level. Not always stay in my, okay, comfort zone. This is what I know how to do the best and just stay there. Yeah, that's great. Kind of like investing time, going back to the, the whole this whole topic, kind of investing time in training and development can have a real impact on, on the business um, moving forward. Successful people lead to a successful business, like we said, exactly. Richard. That's, that's the statement. <laughs> so, look, it's, I really, really, um, really liked what we've discussed today and, and what you've you know, brought to me. 
and, and to the to, not to me but to, to the podcast is the um, the technology leadership podcast it's been really interesting so just, just kind of getting on to you know the end now I'd love to kind of get your you're obviously growing the team at the moment um several positions technical hires you're growing a remote team so for, for people listening that maybe kind of in software engineering and not in a leadership um, role um, and something we could share, we're happy to share as well. What do you think makes a good engineer and what are the kind of key non-technical skills, so kind of inter, you know, interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence skills? What, what ones do you think are key in a good engineer that, that you kind of, if someone shows these in an interview, you're like, yes, I, I want these in my team. Um, yeah, that's that's a very good. That's a, like a always a question for any hiring manager. Always, how can we hire the good engineer? What is the good engineer? And I think um, one of the things, in my opinion, as as I mentioned before, like they challenge themselves. They don't just like to stay in a comfort zone. So having this kind of mindset of okay, I'm challenging myself. Maybe with a smaller project um, here and there, just um, trying to 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 try new things. That's also very important. Or I think it's very important, as I mentioned before. Um, Alongside, I believe, um, we're working in a team. So it's very important, despite you're a junior engineer, or staff engineer, or, or a principal engineer, you, you are part of this team. And being aware of the surrounding, being aware of the team that you're working with, that you're not alone in that, and providing the support, and just just maybe volunteering to do things, and just supporting that, that's really part of the team. Um, each, each individual in the team is providing a bigger picture for the whole team success. So uh, being part of that, Meaning that you, you're being helpful despite your level and you're just always trying to kind of support the team in, in your own, let's say, skill set. This is what I can do today and I can support with that, with that um, information, with this knowledge. Um, being curious, that's really important. I think being curious, asking questions, which is, again, kind of leaving your comfort zone, like, okay, not accepting everything, just um, being curious and asking questions. And very important now, especially in, I think it's very important as, uh, as a good engineer now is to have, um, to be a good communicator. Um, not only just in, a, in, in, in verb, verbal talks, also in written talks, because today everything is remote. Like whatever you write in a documentation is very important because it's matter to some other team members, they're gonna read it maybe tomorrow or next day. Maybe they're not gonna see you uh, because we don't see each other that much. Um, what I believe the super engineer, this is this is a term I, I believe like you have a good engineer, but you have a super engineers, which is when the engineer kind of leave their comfort zone so much, they become like a business driver. They kind of bring business value even more. Um, um, one, um, one thing it can, like one thing in, in, in our culture is that we believe engineers are the ones who knows what's possible with technology today. And that's why we we um, reward these hack days. We reward these um, experiment sprints because um, the business can provide the challenges. We have challenge A, B, C, and then the engineers are the one who kind of provide these solutions because they know what's possible with technology. They innovate. Innovation is all coming from engineers. So having an engineer with all these skills, the good skills, the good engineer, and on top of that, being an innovative and like a more business-driven, understanding the business, not only just an engineer like doing their task. This for me is like a super engineer when they they literally pick up or the whole business and kind of push it furthermore because um, they are aware and they are innovating in, in, in for this product. So 
just to, to wrap up what you said there, constantly challenging yourself, have a you know a high level of curiosity, but also now, and I think this has changed over definitely the last five, 10 years, you know, as a software engineer, you need to be able to communicate clearly, written, verbally, not just to other engineers, but to the wider business. And I think if, if you're if you're a software engineer and you can kind of really improve the skill, it's a skill, it can be, it can be improved. Um, something we'll, we'll be discussing further on the podcast. If you can really kind of take this to the next level, then like what you said, you know, you almost become a super engineer, which is gonna, you know, increase your you know, increase, you know, take your career to the next level, really. Yes. Um, that's interesting. Maybe, Look, maybe just, just one thing I want to follow up because people also misconception communication is just about just what we're doing now, just talking. Yeah. Um, it's also for engineers is important to communicate your ideas. Communication is also in code. The way you code is communication. The way um, you also, you draw your diagrams to architecture, like the way you present your solution is a communication as well. And just um, being good maybe in English language and just writing English is, is good, but also you need to know how to transfer your ideas into written or, or, or speaking or um, um, different way of communication. This is also just to make sure the communication is not only um, the talking we're doing, the coding we do, the architecture, the diagrams we do, and all these kind of things. Yeah, it's, it's something that it's something that's been spoken of the past couple of times on the podcast there, um, and something we're going to have to spend you know spend more time on in the community. I think it would be great to kind of have some people on to to kind of discuss how we can you know improve these skills and take these skills to the next level, not just for engineers but for everyone. So look, rapid. Well, look, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Some of the topics you've talked about here, I think are going to be great value for, for people listening in. But, but to kind of wrap things up then, where do you see technology going? And, and what, what do you see to be kind of the biggest challenge moving forwards now for, for tech companies? You know, someone like Porto, you know, successful Series C company, four or five hundred big. Um, you know, over 100 million kind of dollars worth of investment. What, what are the, the kind of key challenges now that, that engineering leaders must address moving forwards? Um, I think like we started 2020 with like we started 2020, we're normal, everything is fine. Now the pandemic hits, we start maybe thinking of this, okay, it's, it's just a temporary situation, one, two months, three months, let's keep going. We have vaccine on, on the horizon, but also I don't, I don't think we're going to finish 2021 with fully vaccinated worldwide. This is not going to be a process mm -hmm. of one month. It's going to take years. So I think what's really important to companies, tech companies, companies all, all over the world to um, realize that this is not um, a temporary thing and kind of create the environment that supports um, support both home office and the actual office we used to do before, we used to have before. Because today... And in the work environment day to day, I'm talking to you now from my house, from my apartment, and everyone has the same uh, situation. They have maybe pets, they have family partners, they have internet issues, they have maybe noisy neighbor they need to take care of. So all these kind of challenges, they kind of, they, 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 they are exist. We need to accept them. And we need to um, also have the culture that supports that, um, support these processes, support that, okay, it's okay for you to go maybe pick up your kid from from the school or it's okay if you want to go to supermarket to get something during the working hours it's okay and having this um, and creating the successful environment for a long lasting 
um, uh, uh, let's say companies or processes that it's not going to be 2021 only. I think this is will keep going with us. Mm-hmm. We took all these years to learn or to kind of develop this um, uh, the previous working normal. Now we need to create the new working normal. Um, for tech companies specific, one of the good things about tech companies is um, we 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 are ready for home office. Like we are ready for kind of. Um, uh, it's easier for us. Let's maybe state that it's easier for us to kind of develop this environment for home office. You know, it's always like a known that, okay, tech companies, maybe you grab your laptop and you can like sit anywhere and start working this easier for maybe other jobs. So I think we we have to take the advantage of that and also be the leading in, in this kind of mixed working environment, try to create solutions that maybe other companies, maybe not in the same industry, not in the tech industry, could pick up and maybe use because we're not in this alone. Tech, tech industry is depending on other industries because technology itself is built on top of other industries. So we need also to provide, um, let's say solutions as a, as a, as a tech companies for these uh, other companies that could pick up these solutions and maybe try it out in their, in their daily, um, in their daily jobs. And I think that's, uh, that's very, very important. And that's will be like uh, the theme of 2021 and even follow that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm glad you kind of touched upon that, mate, because I'm exactly the same as you. I, I don't think we're going to go back to what it was a year ago. Companies have to understand that you're never going to go back, back into the office four or five days a week. You have to offer a flexible model um, of, of remote and, and in-office working. So so speaking with kind of candidates at the moment, some, some candidates I'm speaking to that where the company have just put a blanket global right we're remote we're not going to an office these candidates are now coming to me and saying well actually i want to be able to go to an office at some point whether that's once a week once a month a quarter to have that office interaction and, and just kind of you know relationships with people so you know you look at the big tech companies that have kind of right we're, we're getting rid of our office you know yes a lot of people like the remote aspects but you have to look at everybody in, in your workforce and I do think people are going to lose out on talent if A, they can't offer the, the full flexible working and B, also if you, if you don't have a kind of base you need to maybe every month or every quarter bring people together um, and, and yeah, if they won't they're just, they're just going to kind of miss out on talent interesting, well look Ratchet, like I said, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, we've gone, gone over some great topics um and yeah it's going to be nice to um have you you know i'd love to have you back in a year or so to see to see how how the team's progressed and and um and what kind of yeah the, the kind of future goals of the company but yeah really enjoyed having you on today hope the listeners enjoyed it um reach out to Rafid if, if you want to discuss anything we've talked about today i'm sure he'll be open to um have conversations with people well, yeah, you uh, you take care of yourself, Rashid, and uh, thank you very much for today. Thank you, thank you, Jake, very much, and thank you for having me. I really uh, also enjoyed the, the, this topic because for me it's also it's very interesting and very challenging topics. We are talking about our topics, um, multiple um, area we, we we touched today, and yeah, looking forward. We talk uh, in the future, hopefully soon. Have a good day. Take thank care you yourself. very much. Take care, Rashid. Thank you.